this week's episode, number 12, Parallel Universe, original air date, 11th of October, 1988. Hello and welcome to Scotcast number 12. This week I'm joined by Nick. Hello. And Andy. Hello. We'll be reviewing the episode Parallel Universe after a quick synopsis from Nick. This episode starts with Cat on stage singing with Lister and Rimmer as backing singers, which we soon find out is Cat looking through his old dreams on a dream recorder. Then Holly reveals his latest invention, the Hollyhop Drive, which he claims is capable of taking Red Dwarf back to Earth instantly. But when Lister presses the start button, the ship is taken into a parallel universe where the crew discover another Red Dwarf, where Rimmer and Lister are female and have dog. In their universe, the women are the prolific gender, Historic figures like William Shakespeare and Neil Armstrong were females. Our Rimmer spends the night fighting off his female counterpart's aggressive advances, whereas the two listeners get on very well, only to wake up in the same bed the next morning. But in their world, men get pregnant, and when they return to their old universe, Lister takes a pregnancy test, with Rimmer announcing at the end that he's going to be an uncle. Thank you very much, Nick. First scene starts with Tongue Tide, the very famous song where you've got Rimmer, Lister and the cat dancing and singing Tongue Tide. It was actually choreographed by um, the guy who played Quig in the previous episode, uh, Charles Organs. Yeah, and actually released as a single, reached number 17 in 1993. <laughs> yeah, um, I never got it myself, but it was quite a song. You, you it, can see um, Cat showing off his dancing in it as well, his yeah, old yeah. dancing roots. Yeah, well, um, it was, um, as we mentioned in the other episode, it was Charles Organs, which was um, his, was it his dance instructor, his dance teacher? Something like that, yeah. Um, what what you all said on it as well is, um, we mentioned this in the previous episode, Holly being a hologram, he's just a head, um, but he held up the Junior Encyclopedia of Space last week um, with his hands, and again in this episode, you see his hands, he's got some white gloves on, he's dancing to tongue-tied. I never tweaked when I saw the white gloves, it just looked so natural. It, well, he did, it's just that if if he's a head, he's now got hands, or I should say in the last two episodes he's had a hands. Yeah, he's computer-generated after all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look good with a wig on. <laughs> yeah. In this, uh, in the commentary, uh, Lister said he found this really gay to do, he really didn't like it. Really? Yeah, there's a few comments around on 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 the web saying that uh, he looks bored in places or looks like he's struggling to keep in time. I liked it though, but I think it's quite funny that. <laughs> it was good. The next scene starts and you've got Cat looking on the dream recorder, which f- now for some reason is in the bunk room uh, where if memory serves, it's um, where the wardrobe normally is or, or should I say where the lockers are. Uh, there's suddenly a, a dream recorder in there, which is a little bit strange. Hasn't that appeared in any other episode before? Not that I've noticed, but there again, I wasn't looking for it. But it's just the whole placement. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's where the locker is. I find it funny that everything's got a label on it. You know, it says Dream Recorder. Yeah. But you <laughs> just like... know that it's the Dream Recorder. <laughs> yeah. Like um, Express Lift. It is a lift. <laughs> yeah. But like walking into your house and having television written on your telly, wouldn't it? You know it's a telly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going through this, um, I think Cat's referring to a... He's looking on the dream recorder because he's trying to find a specific dream that he had um, involving a couple of women. And Rimmer starts slagging him off, uh, basically saying that um, he'll never settle down and, and what he wants is that he wants to settle down with a woman. 
And he, he says, yeah, as soon as I find the right seven or eight women that are right for him, he's more than happy to settle down. <laughs> do cats have multiple partners? Um, well, I guess so. They get about of it. Uh, well, my two cats do, so <laughs> I can only assume so. Um, they are male, though, so that, that's fine. <laughs> did you ever notice that Lister was uh, knitting in this? Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, yeah, it's never referred to, but I, I can only I can only guess, as, as you mentioned on the notes, that he looks very bored. I can only guess that he, he has got that bored there. He, he's knitting now. Um, it then spins around to Rimmer, who's in not a very good looking outfit. He's, he's basically cycling on a, on obviously an exercise bike and he's there in full cycling gear, skin tight pants and, um, full cycling top. And it's not a good look because the light hits him in, in a couple of shots. And I'm like, I really don't want to see that. <laughs> Especially with being so close to um, to Lister's face in some points. It's just like, ah, that's not very nice. <laughs> yeah, and he had a helmet on. Well, they wanted a bike helmet. It was a scrump cap, but why do you need a helmet for an exercise bike? Well, I think he's just Rimmer getting into character and just doing his thing, if you know what I mean. But again, I mean, I'm sure they've used um, cycling helmets in... Well, what did they use them for now? Was it um, Better Than Life? They were they were proper cycling helmets, so obviously they've got some somewhere. Mm. <laughs> it was two sizes too small for them, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Proper yeah. buckled strap on it. It's... Yeah, back to the conversation about um, relationships and Cat wants his, his seven or eight women that he can settle down with. Lister starts digging into him saying, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. And it, he's all about the only way you can pick up girls is uh, picking up uh, the book he's got called Picking Up Girls by Hypnosis. And th- that's that's what he attempts to do. He, he hypnotizes women and, and that's the way he pulls. That's where he met Elaine, Elaine with the, uh, using his mesmer stare. That, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, that was the one with the artificial nose, wasn't it? And he, he says, oh, he was coming out with all his best joke lines, um, um, all his best nose gags. He's like, where are we going? Who knows? <laughs> and they went out for a meal and um, before she knew it, she well, before he knew it, she was climbing out of the restaurant uh, toilet window. I moved to Pluto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Lister's taking the mick about, out of the other book, which is um, A Thousand and One Chat Lines. Like, um, and then he goes on about the... He, he gets Lister to sit down and, and comes up to him and says, right, I'm going to come up to you and I ask, I try and chat you up in a bar. Um, he says, right. But with the worm dude, like, he comes up and long-winded, um, long story short, he, the, the punchline is, what's a worm do? Um, uh, he says, would you like a worm doing? He says, what's worm doing? He says, oh, just wriggle around on the floor. And there's a massive build-up to that. Like, it's not even funny when he's told the full story, <laughs> but it just shows how bad these 101 <laughs> chat lines are. Then Holly pops up on the screen with, um, and he says, Eureka, I've done it. And they're like, well, done what? And he says, like, the Earl of Sandwich invented the sandwich. Samuel Morse invented the Morse code. Plateau invented the plate. And now, hi, Holly, I've invented the Holly Hop Drive. And basically what he's done, he's created um, what he believes to be, well, like an interdimensional, basically... He, the Holy Up Drive can transfer any object instantly to any other point in space. So basically, they can get back to Earth, which obviously makes Solar Crew very happy, and especially Dave. What made me laugh was the Holy Hop Drive was a cardboard box with Holly Hop Drive written on it, with two yeah. buttons stuck on the top. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, just like you mentioned before, everything has a name on it. Yeah. <laughs> So you know it's the Holly Hop Drive because it says it's in big letters Holly Hop Drive. <laughs> in the scene where he's he's talking about like where where they are in point and space, you can sort yeah. of like see his nose is a bit curved. And in the uh, in the uh, commentary, yeah, he was, they asked him how he broke his nose, and he said he broke it by uh, playing football. Oh and right. He, said, he also asked him also asked him why he didn't get the spot done on his head. Quite <laughs> 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 funny. <laughs> very good the next scene starts and they're back in uh, well what we've been calling the drive room and all you've got as you've just mentioned Nick you've got a red box with a holly hop drive on and two buttons on there's one says stop and one says start and <laughs> holly pops on the, on the screen and well they're all like is that it it says yeah yep yep it says right well I'll walk you through it it says to start it Hit the start button, and I'll let you work out the rest of controls for yourself. <laughs> Says it so seriously as well, didn't it? Yeah, uh, which is genius. Um, I tell you what, I mean, I know, I know, it's we've keep mentioning it's the drive room, but this one it also almost looked like it had um, like mixing desks on there. It looked almost like a mixing studio this time. Yeah, and, it's completely different to the other two changes that they did. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's covered in earphone jacks, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It, it does look like um, there should be a DJ still at the other side of that. Do you reckon because of the low budget that they just found stuff lying around the studio and <laughs> stuck it on desks? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like we, we mentioned before. Like, there's, um, I'm sure they're like ice trays stuck in uh, one of the previous episodes to the wall uh, and just things like that. I mean, uh, as we mentioned before, like keyboards just stuck on the wall. Yeah, spread silver. Yeah, but I mean, it was quite low budget, so they made the best what they could get. Mm. When uh, in this one, when uh, Holly's like telling him how it all works and starts doing his uh, like get ready, prepare sort of thing. Yeah, do you not find it like he's setting up for a joke again, like it's uh, an April Fool's? Yeah, I it... got that feeling too. Like he's just gonna burst out laughing. Yeah, exactly. But he does. He, again, he takes it very seriously, like you just said, Nick, um, yeah. with, with explaining the controls. I mean, he then goes through and he says, right, he says, let's go back to Earth. And they're saying, come on, come on, get on with it. And he says, we can't get wrong any of these 13 billion calculations, otherwise we'll be blasted to smithereens. And then he counts down from um, 10. He's like, 10, 9, 8, 6. Um, as count down, obviously, missed out the 7. They're the saying, you've missed out 7. He says, have I? He says, yeah, uh, I've always had a blind spot for 7. I tell you what, I'll start lower. And he, do, he goes, 1, go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way Rimmer pops in and goes, oh, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stupid voice. Yeah, well, then you hear this um, this noise, which suggests that. Well, I can only I can only assume it's the sound effect of the Holly Hop drive, and it's like, right, we've done it. And then Holly looks out the window, and I think Anthony mentioned this in a previous episode. Um, Holly just disappears off the screen, comes back, and says, "Oh, it's gone." <laughs> so as if he's looking out of a window, he says, "The Earth, it's gone." <laughs> and then he goes, "Oh, hang on, I was looking out the wrong window," and disappears again. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, again it, it's just very funny as if I, I, well I guess I know I know we're just classing Holly has just a head but maybe he feels in body that he is, he is a full body I mean as we said we've seen the hands and everything maybe he, he feels he can go and look out of a window yeah I've never noticed that to be honest yeah, um, yeah. I don't know it, it's almost like every episode he, he's more and more human if you know what I mean 
in the very early episodes, he was very, very pixelated, with, and now he, he's crystal clear. That's why you can see his polar nickel a bit more than this one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially when he's moving about a bit. Yeah, yeah, he can. I like all the spectrum graphics as on the screens, me. Yeah, they are, aren't they? <laughs> Jet Set Willy. Yeah, very old school. Um, when when list um, when Holden reports that um, the Earth's gone and no matter how uh, which winter he looks out, he, he can't find anything. He says the entire universe is gone. Rumor comes to the conclusion. He says uh, maybe we've not actually moved us Megan Inch. <laughs> he says nope, nope, nope. I flamingoed up. They're like what? what uh, what's flamingoing up? He says well, it's like a cock up but bigger. <laughs> and it's 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 a saying I well I don't use daily but um it's a saying I have used before and it it does get a few laughs. It just it's just amazing how many lines you do actually take out of Red Dwarf and use elsewhere. Don't you find that Rimmer or oh, Chris Barry's acting is getting better and better and better? Oh yeah, absolutely. S- like when he says that line, you know, he says, oh, I bet we haven't moved a smeg an inch. Yeah, there's some feeling in that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You genuinely feel like he's thinking, you idiots. Yeah. What Holly um, says, he says, oh, hang on, there is another ship out there. And again, Rimmer just jumps to aliens. And it turns out that he's actually... That they have moved, but they haven't moved in in time and space. They've actually moved um, the fifth dimension, so they've moved into a coexisting reality, like a parallel universe. Hence the name of the episode, Parallel Universe. <laughs> I wonder if they nicked it off Doctor Who. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, this is the the first episode that we see um, Hilly or um, Hattie Heridge who plays the next couple of seasons of Holly, um, who, for absolutely no reason at all, becomes Holly, and it's never explained. But that's that's a whole new episode. <laughs> well, yeah, because Holly, Norm, Norman Lovick, stopped turning it for rehearsals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be honest, this, this was a very good um, Holly episode. Um, it was one of Norman's, another very good Norman episode. Um, but, well, for, for whatever reason, he... he he decided not to play anymore. Uh, it's his own yeah. loss, really. I don't think it was his choice at the end of the day. Oh, okay. okay. The writings on the internet say it wasn't his choice. He didn't turn up for a rehearsal, so the uh, production staff let him go. He's uh, like one for... of the main characters, though, wasn't he? In every episode, like the last few episodes, he's been like, like Quig. Yeah. He's like the main, well, not like a main star, but, you know, like a head... Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of I mean? the lead roles, I guess. Yeah. Sort of yeah. You know, getting, you know, he feels like he's getting really into the into his roles. So. Yeah, which is I don't know. I, um, I mean, as we've said in previous episode, I mean, I, I do like um, Hattie, but I do think Norman has the edge for me. It's just, he's just slightly. I, th- I think I prefer Holly as like a, a dry, grumpy old man, so to speak, than <laughs> Dippy. I just think it works slightly better. I mean, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. I think Hat is fantastic as a Holly, but I, I just think for me, Norman just 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 beats her to the post, so to speak. He returns later on, though, doesn't he? He does, yeah, yeah. Did he explain why? Because his Saturday night TV program failed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this has got the classic scene again where um, Hilly pops up on the screen. And he's like, um, and she says, "Hello, I'm Hilly." Holly gives it, "Hello, I'm Holly." It's like, "Hello, Holly." Hello, Hilly. Well, this is a turn up, isn't it? You better boogie on over then and sort this out. This is right on, sis. See you, Hall. Yeah, see you, Hill. 
And then her face disappears and is like, I'm in there. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was brilliant. (laughs) You then see them, um, Blue Midget, popping across to the other Red Dwarf. And the door opens and they're greeted by female Alista and a female Rimmer. And you've got Deb and Arlene and a couple of pink skirts. And what you've got is, um, as as Nick, you mentioned in the synopsis, you've got basically female versions of Lister and female versions of Rimmer uh, with all the traits and everything. Um, slob and um, jobs worth, basically. They're, they're dressed identical as well, aren't they? The, yeah. the two Listers have got the same T-shirt on, dreadlocks, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you find out is in this universe, it's... Um, don't know the best political way to say it. No, have you noticed I put prolific gender? I, I like synopsis. that, yes. Um, in our... God, I'm going to get killed for this. Um, in our world as we know it, um, the 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 male has been in charge, so to speak, up until recently. Yeah, it's a very male, male, male-orientated world, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's been in theirs. It's a female-oriented world. So, for give examples, um, our first man on the moon was Neil Armstrong, where in their world it was Neil Armstrong, and same again, William Shakespeare in their world is Wilma Shakespeare, and so everything's just reversed. What made um, me laugh? Sorry, was the one about in. Uh, our world, the women burn the bras, but in their world, the blokes burn the job straps. Yeah, <laughs> get equal rights. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, the two uh, rimmers meet up, yeah, she starts provoking Lister. I thought that quite funny. Calling my pretty goes over and slaps her rimmer's ass. Yeah, isn't that the fact that she's like touching her own ass? In you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I do have a problem with this slightly, though. Um, I understand that it's done for comedy value. Yeah. But Rimmer and Lister are female opposites, so gender opposites, where the cat's opposite is not a female cat. It's actually a dog, which is, is like a, a race opposite, I suppose. Yeah, but it goes back to all the cartoons and all that palaver, doesn't oh, it? it, it does. Dog I... And I know where you're coming from, but I think it does add comedy value rather than having a female cat. Yeah, but I mean, can you imagine what the storyline would have been if there was a female cat and it was um, him being so vain and she being so vain? Well, I don't know. It could have been a totally different story. Um, this scene then comes to an end. Um, the the saying, well, cat's like, um, Lister, female Lister. Rimmer, female Rimmer. Says, where's my other one? And they went, oh, he's down in the um, cargo bay. He, he's like, he's there with a bunch of flowers. He's right. If you hear me screaming, do not. And I mean, do not come running. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's finally going to get his end away. The next scene then starts with well, cat down in the cargo deck looking for um, looking for his other half, so to speak, and he finds out that it's not actually um, a female cat, which the cat really wants it to be, and it's actually a dog, and it's um, it's kind of a very redneck dog, um, studded collar, long hair, beard, um, cap on, um, talking very hillbilly-ish, I guess. And it, well, I suppose I suppose it is a visual representation. I mean, I think the cat representing the cat is very good. Felines, I guess, uh, were humanoid, 
then I guess that's what they would be like. Very proud of themselves, etc. And I think the the way they've done the dog as well is is again very similar. Yeah, dogs dogs don't give a monkeys do they? No, exactly. Uh, covered in fleas and and the works. I think the guys have got a very good dog character. Yeah, yeah. Dog, he, dog, uh, he plays a cat, yeah, he plays a good cat character. I think he plays a very very good dog character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's a dog market T-shirt all about? Yeah, it's like is that, sparkling. There's a reference to something dog market, or is it just something they had? You think they had made? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it's um, as you were saying before, Nick. Maybe it's a, a way of labelling them, so you know it's a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did anybody notice the flowers that cat had all of? It's like five or six goldfish on skewers, isn't it? Really? Horrid. Yeah. Didn't notice that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't notice that when I was looking at it, watching it back. Oh well, every day is a school day. Um, cat, it's it's almost like he's got no inner monologue, and he's like, I'm not sure what that is, but I think he wants to eat me. <laughs> then, he, <laughs> yeah. then he does his again, look big, and he's he's like, I want to be your friend. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, the the cat complains about his. He says, "What a dog breath!" He says, "What kind of toothpaste do you use?" He says, "Rotten meat flavor." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, come on now, I want to be your buddy." <laughs> and he's he's really trying to make friends with him, and he's saying, I "Tell you what, I'll smell your behind, and you smell mine." <laughs> Is that a deal? That's what dogs do, though, don't they? they? Get really excited to meet other things. Yeah, tail yeah, goes, don't they? They want to sniff each other's asses. Let's 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 see who you are, sort of thing. Yeah, which which again, yeah. he's portraying a dog very, very well, but um, the cat's obviously very confused because he, he's never seen a dog. Well, apart from, he, he's seen pictures of them when he was going through Lister's slides in, I can't remember the episode, um, a few episodes back. Is it not, does it not relate back to, is that your grandma? Is it his grandma, he said? Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, when was the last time you took a bath? And again, if anybody's ever had a dog, dogs hate being bathed. <laughs> and he's like, don't don't say that word. He says, what word? Bath. He says, no, no, no. You've said it. Yeah, no. He says, if you're gonna say if you're gonna say the word bath to me, spell it out. B H T H. He's like, well, what's that? <laughs> um, it then flicks back to Lister. Yeah, Lister walks in on them, doesn't he? Yeah, and he he pops down and he says, right, well, it's going to take Holly 17 hours to repair their Holly hop drive. So let's go and have a disco. But well, I didn't think it was broken, to be honest. Or is that just, I guess that's only plot line. But it didn't exactly go up in smoke or anything, did it? Oh, it didn't say anything. It, it, yeah, it didn't go up in smoke. It didn't It didn't say it needed recharging or anything. It just says it's going to take Holly um, 17 hours to recharge. Um, fix it. So, yeah, to fix it. And maybe it took him 17 hours to work out when a new dimensional window were up. Ah, you see? It's good to have you back, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) The next scene cuts into It's Them in the Disco. And I tell you what, I don't know where this disco is, but it's not Parrot's Bar. And it's it's not any of the... Or should I say, I don't think it's anything that we've seen before. Now, if this is a exact replica of Red Dwarf, apart from uh, female-oriented, then where's this come from? And surely surely we'd have seen one of these on our Red Dwarf. But it could be just another bar that, you know, they keep changing the drive room and all this palaver and the room. It could be just a change. Yeah, maybe it is is the bar that we've seen many times before. A bit bizarre, though, because it looks like it's got windows. Yeah, it did look totally different. But anyway, it's it's red dwarf. We don't care. 
<laughs> no, but things like you mentioned the parallel universe. So why aren't the ship different? Why aren't it a different colour? Um, well, I think not I necessarily think... pink, but we're on well, an opposite here, not um, similar. Yeah, but we're only gender opposite, so aren't we? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, if it had been pink, then that mean red dwarf would have been blue. <laughs> if you're going on those kind of opposites. Yeah, but you know what I mean. They, they could have changed the colour of the ship, or it's black dwarf, or the women on it, and whatever, whatever. Possibly, yeah. In this scene, you you've got Lister, and he's dancing with other Lister, and they seem to be having a really good time. Because, well, I, I guess that's all they both want. Well, if female Lister has got the same intentions as our male Lister, then all they want to do they want to have a good time, they want to have a party, they want somebody to get drunk with, and that's what they seem to be doing. They seem to be almost living out the fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, drinking uh, several pints. Yeah, and just getting totally trolleyed. Um, you've got, which makes me laugh, you've got um, both Rimmer sat at a table, both <laughs> knees together, not relaxed, legs shaking, and they do look very, very nervous. They look very uncomfortable, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, which, to be honest, is what you would expect our Rimmer to be, be like if we actually met with a woman. There's one thing I have to mention in this. Yeah. On the table, there's two glasses of, like, orange or whatever they're drinking. Yeah, yeah. Both glasses have got a little H on them. Yeah. Have they? They've got the, they've got the hologram H on the two glasses, which I found really bizarre. Well, that's the first time you actually see the hologram with a drink, in it? Because normally, Rimmer goes through the uh, actions of drinking. Yeah, so yeah. You never actually see him with a drink. Yeah, but you uh, was it yourself that mentioned that in a previous episode, um, where he had a cup? With I believe a H on as well. I can't remember which episode? Don't know, but I I noticed two H's on the cups. Okay. In this one, I, again, it's going back to your labelling convention of <laughs> 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 this is a hologram <laughs> cup, so we're going to put a H on it. <laughs> but don't you think? Do you think that Rimmer did that like like the female Rimmer did? If the male Rimmer ever met a girl, do you think he'd be brash, like she um, was, or do you think he'd be shy? I think he'd have been very shy. This, this, this is what this is a little bit that niggle me. You know, you have you've got your niggles later on. Yeah. Or before with the cat and the dog. This is what niggle yeah. me. <clears throat> yeah, I guess because you've got the two listers being exactly the same, just getting yeah. ab- absolutely trolled, and you know they're going to end up in bed. Where these two, you would have expected that it just to be a very well. I guess it was very very awkward for them both, um, but she she was. Um, trying to come on to him and especially um i mean we'll mention it later but some of the chat lines she uses i, I know they mentioned in the previous scene um or a couple of scenes back that rimmer uh, the chat lines that rimmer uses and stuff like that but is he's, he's only ever used them once uh, the hypnosis yeah um i just think it's out of character for uh, rimmer's uh, opposite yeah true true any other power in each yeah which you, you see if that the two listers are identical personalities. Yeah, Beer and Vindaloo. Yeah, and but these two are totally opposite personalities, even though they've got the same mental thoughts, so to speak, um, because both behind closed doors, I can only assume, are exactly the same. So they're like, um, yeah, we'll do the hypnosis and we'll use the same chat lines. But I don't think our Rimmer, I, I think he is he's all mouth. I don't think he'd actually go through with any of it. Mm. Where she seems to be um, pushing Different. it. Mm. Anyway, that that's us overanalyzing <laughs> them. Them two sat at a table drinking orange. <laughs> How to make a mountain out of a molehill? 
Um, but um, it goes back to the scene and they sat there very awkward. And Ripley gives it, so you're a girl then. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the best conversation starter he can come up with, he's kind of screwed. <laughs> This is where she starts coming on to him, though. Yeah. Anyway, she gets older, doesn't she? And it looks like she's trying to hump his leg. Yeah. (laughs) She's got him rocking in the chair. That's pretty odd. (laughs) Yeah, but again, this is um, this is again their polar opposites. Um, And and then she comes after that. It's like, so um, have you got something in his eye? (laughs) Trying to get him with a mesmerized stare. His uh, his chat up line. And and again, uh, Rimmer susses out that uh, it breaks eye contact, and it, he's like, "Oh God, I'm not falling for that." And he can tell that she's trying to get him under by hypnosis, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay. I read it in one of these books. It's a great book for picking up bits of totty." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, this this is just as you've said, Nick. This is what's in Rimmer's head, but he never goes through with it, which I just find very strange. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, "Come on, you're begging for it. I saw you cross your legs." <laughs> And, uh, and then when he's like, he's like, no, 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 I'm not interested. She <laughs> just sits back in her chair, points him, gives it <clears throat> frigid, <laughs> <laughs> which again I thought was hilarious. But um, they they have totally opposite personalities. Yeah. Um, you then cuss to you got the dog eating a bone on the dance floor, and the, he says, I think Lister comes up to him and says, "So how are you getting on, cat?" He says, "Do you have a grenade, please, so I can play go play catch with Fido." <laughs> <laughs> So I don't really think he's enjoying his company. Female Lister comes up to Rimmer and says, so how are you getting on? And she's like, well, if you want to keep your beer cold, put it between his legs, referring to Rimmer. One of the most awful women he's ever met as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because Lister and our Lister and our Rimmer meet up and he says, "Uh, how are you getting on? And he actually despises the female him. And he's like, well, well, that's you. (laughs) And I, I basically, I don't think he likes what he sees. In, again, I think we've mentioned in many previous episodes that um, Rimmer walks around with blinkers on and he thinks in his head everything's um, perfect when it, when he actually sees him almost like a mirror image of himself. He, he just doesn't like it. Yeah, and this is, uh, Lister says the same, doesn't he? Lister thinks that his female counterpart's gross going around burping all the time. Yeah. Just get it, out of face and eat vindaloos and he doesn't find it attractive. Yeah, exactly. And he's like when he says, oh, she tries to impress me by drinking six pints of lager, then belching the whole of Yankee Doodle Dandy. And uh, Rimmer's like, well, that's your party piece, isn't it? He says, well, yeah, bro, it's really stylish when I do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then does it. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, again, this is... um, It's them realising what they're actually like themselves. It's like they've seen themselves in a mirror. But this... Surely Rimmer knows what his other half is like with the episode Me Squared. He actually spends time with himself and he can't stand it. So why would he think this would be any different? I don't know. You see him act one way in Me Squared, but in this one, he's just completely acts completely differently. Yeah. And the only yeah. difference is that she's female and not another him. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's scared of, yeah. scared of the girls, sort of thing. Yeah, well, it is... He, he hasn't really had a very eventful um, love life, has he? No. So, Blow so up. so she should be scared of boys. So that's yeah. the original point. It doesn't add up. Well, yeah, I mean, this takes me on to the next bit. And when Rimmer says, uh, I'm off to bed, don't tell her. He says, well, where's she gone? He says, well, she's gone to go and fi- get some sexy videos uh, in the hope that 
two men together may turn him on. (laughs) 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 Which um, I can only imagine in his head, um, he would play like some lesbian video to try and turn a woman on. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, um, and then... Sorry, Gum? I thought she was just implying that he's gay. No, (laughs) um, I, I think he... I think it is the um, plane. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, the, the writers are trying to show the uh, the male and female divide, aren't they? And yeah. Instead of male. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did notice is um, when the cat's doing like little dance off um, against the dog, there's a little arcade machine in the background. I know we mentioned it before how the drive room looked like an arcade room, um, but I'm sure there's like an afterburner machine or something that looks very similar. Um, you never know. Maybe maybe it's a Gallagher machine, and Herman can finally get his fix, <laughs> or at least he knows where they've gone. <laughs> the BBC's got one. Yeah, that's just taunting him. <laughs> anyway, this this scene finishes, and you've got Lister um, and Lister having a drinking competition. I found this actually quite disgusting. They were they're both trying to down a pint in one, and there's just pints all over the table. And Lister's like, Lister throws one over his shoulder and it's like, ah, I'll beat you. And she just spits one in his face. I'm yeah. like, ah, you dirty cow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really rank. Can you remember, can you remember them old beer pint glasses? Yeah, you can still get them in some good old real ale pubs. Stopped them with handles for some strange reason. I can only guess people started using them as weapons. choice. <laughs> 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 I think, just going back a scene, I think the dog dance could have been better. It'd yeah, have been funny he, if it chased his tail or something. Yeah, he just kind of did um, like a really weak mosh, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, well, he just kind of stamped. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess they were just kind of showing the difference of somebody who can dance and somebody who can't <laughs> dance. <laughs> the next scene, um, you see... Um, Lister and he wakes up and he, he basically pulls the cover back and just sees um, Debbie's feet uh, which is the other Lister and he's like oh no and at the other end of the bed you see oh did I get drunk or did I get drunk and she looks down at him and they're like hi hi he says did we and he's like well I can remember betting you that I could climb the disco walls using only my lips <laughs> And then, oh, oh God, I juggled the goldfish, didn't I? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, blindfolded. <laughs> he says, and then, oh, we did, didn't we? And perfect time, and the two rimmers walked in, and it's like, oh, you piece of filth. <laughs> I was wondering if they, they actually got up to anything. I mean, well, he, I, they walked in quite smug, didn't they? I think they walked in quite smug, but I think it's it's the walking in quite smug at the fact that they didn't actually do anything. <laughs> And them two did. Yeah, and and basically the rimmers are annoyed that they're like on my bunk, on my sheets, using my springs. But uh, to be honest, I don't think those beds really have much springs, do they? No. (laughs) Um, He says, what possibly made you contemplate making love to yourself? And then our rimmer turns around and says, well, why break the habit of a lifetime? (laughs) Uh, but yeah they, they were on about how drunk they gone and female room and she's like leave it out I was gone I was out my skull um, but then you've got this is where you've got 
um, a pure gender uh, reversal because they're in their world. Um, she's playing the bloke, so to speak, and he's almost playing the female. She's like, oh, I, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? I, I was really drunk. You should have really looked after yourself. Yeah, with contraception and that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, the, it's the male that looks, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the responsibility. It's the male's responsibility to throw that lot. Yeah, and then so. they're like, "Well, what, what do you mean?" And then this is where they um, this is where they explain that now they're in their universe. It's it's the male that can get pregnant. Yeah, just uh-huh. stepping back, you've missed out uh-huh. one of the classic one-liners for me. Okay, when uh, they're on about safe sex and all that, and yeah, he he's moaning. And she says, "Oh, you want exactly hard to pull." Yeah. And he turns round and call and says, oh, what about you, you, Miss Yo-Yo Knickers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me scream of laughter. Yeah, because... Um... But it's an old, it's an old um, thought, isn't it? Because nowadays the onus is back on the bloke yeah. to look after himself pregnancy-wise. Yeah, because this is the bit where um, um, Arlene, the um, female rimmer, goes up to um, our listener and says, I hope you get pregnant, you cheap little tart. <laughs> He's like, you what? And then this is where they explain that um, is the bloke that will get pregnant on this side. Now, this is where I've got another slight problem. I, well, yeah, I understand that men in their world would maybe carry, uh, or should say have the, the babies and stuff. But just because they jumped into their universe, they didn't go through a transformation, which then suddenly changed their gender and didn't suddenly give them all the organs and everything so they could be pregnant. So there's no way that Lister could have got pregnant. Yeah, but she said, the female Lister said that the, um, I forgot how you put it, the laws of physics, the laws of their matter apply, so they're in their universe. Well, yeah, I can understand that. But, but it's that when so- they jump back... It should yeah. all reverse itself, which, yeah, it should. Yeah. I was trying to say, he's got a womb. Well, that, that's the thing. That's what they're suggesting. Now, somebody, na- a male native to that world, or I should say to that universe, then maybe the... That dimension. Yeah. Then maybe, yeah, fair enough that those blokes could get pregnant. But just because they've visited that world doesn't mean they can suddenly get pregnant. Um, surely they would notice that from the little Hollyhop, like, oh, hang on. <laughs> I seem to have some ovaries now. <laughs> yeah, how come yeah. I feel so goddamn moody? <laughs> <laughs> um, just for the record, that was Andrew who said that. <laughs> um, and there was another... Um, Basically, a Holly pops up on the screen, and he's um, he, he pops up with lipstick all over his face, and again confirms it. He suggests that um, because, um, as you just said, Nick, because they're in their world, that their laws apply. Um, so it's the male that gets pregnant, which fair enough. But again, I don't think our people, um, or I should say our boys, suddenly went through a transformation just because they jumped universe. But anyway, it's Red Dwarf, we're overanalyzing, sorry. <laughs> um, th- then you see the scutters come in, and when they first entered, you've got like a, a pink scutter, so my suggest, well, 
I'm assuming from this that the pink scutter would suggest that it's a female one. And there was like um, a load of more little scutters that are <laughs> following behind, kind of like uh, little ducklings following the mother. But again, so what? Have they just been down to a like um, like the little lab and just thrown some together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and wouldn't they be full size, not little mini ones? Well, yeah, uh, unless they didn't have enough material to build full size ones and just make them swallowed. <laughs> But again, it's overanalyzing, so sorry, sorry, sorry. The next scene starts, they're back over in um, our Red Dwarf, and <laughs> um, all you see is Holly pop up on the screen, and give, um, it says, right, here we go, four, three, one, go! <laughs> and he's missed out the two, which is just brilliant, it's just, um, oh dear, Holly. <laughs> I mean, he does have trouble with twos, he said that before, hasn't he? Yeah, he's also got trouble with seven as well, <laughs> it's probably why he started on number one last time. <laughs> Um, and Lister's got a pregnancy kit, um, but this this is just to reiterate what I said previously. If what they've said, and because they went into the parallel universe, that they then had the organs to then have a kid, which I don't think would happen. If that is the case, now they're back in our universe, then surely whatever changes were made would then be reversed, so the odds on Lister being pregnant are impossible. Correct. Uh, it also doesn't meet up because... Lister seen a picture of them and two twins in, in the past, didn't he? That's in right, Jim and Bexley in um, now, Future she, Echoes. She should have seen the same picture of yeah. having two twins. Yeah, possibly. I know it's a dimension thing, but, but she not seen the picture. Yeah, because everything else seems to um, run parallel, hence parallel universe. Um, but, yeah, maybe she'd have seen the picture, maybe she'd have had two kids. But if everything's exactly. running parallel... At that exact moment where they jump into their universe, she should have jumped out into another universe and so, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, t- I tell you what I did like about this. I mean, they're, they're in the Medilab and they're, they're going through the uh, pregnancy test. And I just love the look on Rimmer's face. Rimmer is absolutely loving it. The, the fact that pain and suffering is going to come to Lister and it's his own fault. <laughs> just the sheer look on his face, it's just like, you bastard. <laughs> I think that looks really smug as well, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, they both do. It's kind of like, look what you've done to yourself. I think in this scene, I yeah. think the cat is stood at the back. He looks, to me, he looks bored with a smile on his face as if to say, I've no lines. Them two have got all the lines. Yeah, that's possibly. the look I see on his face. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But, but I mean, is, sorry, well, go. I, I was just going to say, as you've said in many of the episodes, you feel that um, the cat seems to be like almost a side note. Um, he doesn't really have any main roles. That's it. Solo meow. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I do. I think the what the cat adds to any of the most of the episodes is negligible. I think maybe going forwards with uh, the introduction of Robert Llewellyn's character, God, what is bloody called? Crichton. I think there's more of a team. <laughs> Crichton, sorry. There's yeah. more of a team and more going on, but in the, certainly in the first two series, is a spare part in my mind. Yeah, okay, I have to agree. Um, I, the main cast for me in these, um, definitely the first two seasons, um, you've got Lister and Rimmer, and I think it's all about the relationship between them two. Yeah. Um, I think the cat is in there for um, comedy value, um, as well as Holly. 
Um, but uh, uh, what you've basically got, you've almost got like, um, to use the word, like a bromance kind of thing, if you know what I mean. you got you got the relationship between um, these two bunkmates, and, and that's all it is with, the, with all the rest thrown in. I think Holly interjects a lot more than the cat does. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I don't but... think, I think it'd have been very droll without Holly. Yeah, okay. I see where you're coming from. Um, uh, but but no, I, 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 I think that the, the whole... Um, I think as from uh, series three, I think the whole dynamic changes, um, especially in the later seasons when they, they're just on Starbug. I think it is a four-man team then, and I think everybody then does have an equal part. Yeah. Um, what you've got then is Rimmer, and he's like, right, tell me. He says, right, so what colour is it going to turn for not pregnant? He's like, it's going to turn blue. It's blue. Don't worry, it's going to turn blue. And he says, and... And for pregnant, it says red. <laughs> and then again, you got Rimmer giving it, come on, you red. <laughs> it's like doing a football chant. It's so wanting listed to be in pain and suffering. And it mentions about gorillas giving birth in the 20th century. Yeah. But they had to do it by cesarean section. It goes through the motions of... And then it mentions <laughs> yeah. that the uh, scutters are on standby to do the cesarean. Yeah, and it was just panics him because it, uh, if you remember back in the Confidence and Paranoia episode where he, a rim, he had Rimmer trying to train the scutters just to take his temperature and they poked him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. And Lister um, retorts with, oh, I wouldn't trust him to open a can of beans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought what was nice when, um, I think you mentioned it in a previous episode, Nick, where uh, the, ref- oh, sorry, it might be you, Andy, where they were referring to uh, the picture with the two kids. Um, in future echoes and I thought it was a nice nice recap um, I, I don't know if it was forward planning that they were going to show a picture with the two kids um, and then this was going to be how they um, explained it um, but again you've got Rim saying oh yes I remember you saying oh sorry I said how, how are you going to get two kids on board and, and you said I don't know but it's going to be fun finding out and he says how right were you Lister <laughs> <laughs> Two big strap lines with big heads. And then and then this uh, the pregnancy strip then turns red. So they then believe that um Lister is gonna be pregnant. Yeah. And Rim's like, Yes, I'm gonna be an uncle. Smug look on his face. Yeah. Um But one thing um you don't then hear about I mean the this storyline, this story arc just drops dead then. You don't hear anything more about it. Um, there is no kids. I mean, I don't know if this is going to come in like a, a future series, if fingers crossed there is one, or maybe another future um, like three-part or something like that. But there is no further kids, so the entire storyline is dropped. I think it's mentioned in a future episode. I think it's uh, Demons and Angels, but that's it. it that, it's only a quick mention. And that's the end of the episode. Next, the scores. Me, personally, I give this 7 out of 10. Um, it's not one of those episodes that's ever stuck out in my head as being a really top episode. But when I went through it with with Notebook and made a few notes, I did realise there was um, there was one line after one liner, uh, which were, were very funny, very funny. There were some very good one-liners in it, but I don't think it was that much of a strong episode, especially with the, the slight niggles that I've got with it. Um, I did think it was a very good introduction of Hilly or um, Hattie uh, for this, who's then 
the future Holly in the next couple of seasons. Um, I wasn't too happy with the dog bit. Should have been a female cat for me. I think that would have made for a very nice storyline. Um, maybe the two cats maybe trying to get together but didn't want to mess each other up didn't want um i i don't know i don't know i think it could have gone totally different um but don't get me wrong i did i didn't mind the dog at all um what about you nick uh i'll go for seven out of ten as well it's some niggles in this episode like the cat and dog thing mm. and uh lister being pregnant when he goes back and but it's all comedy effect but yeah, yeah enjoyable yeah. a lot of one-liners Stuff like yeah. yo-yo knickers just tickled me somewhat crazy. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, good seven out of ten. Oh, very good. And Andy? Uh, yeah, I'd give it a seven out of ten as well for myself. Uh, I found mm-hmm. it a really fun episode. It, it, it's one of those episodes that flies by. You know I mean? You start watching it and the next thing it's ended. It keeps yeah. you quite in, in, intense like something. Uh, the cat and dog thing confused me. But if they put a female cat in, yeah. I think it'd be more like soft porn. So, <laughs> 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 What, some Barry White music playing and then... Yeah. <laughs> or going at each other, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, well, that's it. Um, very easy to work out. Uh, three sevens out of ten, that's 70%. Okay, um, next section is what's going down in Groovestown after a quick advertisement from Nova Babylonia. Sheridan here. Go ahead. Commander Sheridan, I say come here. Follow Commander David Sheridan as the Babylon 5 story is continued. Do you know how much we trust you? It's less than you imagine. With old friends. Always sleep with a knife under your pillow, eh? And new enemies. The half-human, half-minbarium bombers. Just like me. It's time for Novo Babylonia. There is talk of a super weapon. Join the audio adventure. Left behind by the shadows. At Novo-B.com. All right, dudes, what's going down in Groovetown then? Okay, Groovetown. Again, not much happening in the Red Dwarf world. Um, i just reiterate on a point that Anthony made last week. Um, he mentioned that the um, the Back to Earth Blu-ray was coming out um, in the US pretty shortly. Um, I've since seen on play, um, it's out on the 31st of August. So, um, well, as we record this, it's not a million miles away. It's only a month away. Um that should look stunning as it was um, shot in red cam. So even Blu-ray doesn't even scratch the surface for how good it could potentially look. I would be interested to see if there's any additional extra on there. Um, I have had a look around. There, there is nothing listed as yet. Um, nothing that I could see. But it is only twelve ninety nine for a Blu-ray. So um, if you've already got the DVD, I'm not sure if it's going to be worth getting the Blu-ray. But I might just get it just to see the difference because I'm kind of sad like that. Twelve ninety nine is pretty cheap for a Blu-ray, isn't it? Yeah, which make, worries me slightly. <laughs> not just just episodes, is it? It's not like yeah, yeah. Because they brought out uh, a black box ten disc anniversary set, aren't they? Yeah, which is just episodes, no extras, only yeah. like the DVD. Yeah, yeah. If they put that on, what if that's the like the HD version? Yeah, possibly. Okay. It's like a thing you mentioned on the phone to me the other day, Andy. Um, if only they'd release all the episodes on Blu-ray. Um, you could you could cram them all on to um, you could cram them all onto a couple of Blu-ray discs uh, yeah. with the capacity of those. Um, even if they don't, I mean, if they keep the quality the same, probably fit like an entire couple of seasons on one disc. I think it look really well as well because like the upscaling and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad, do they? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be nice. And. That's it for Groovestown. Um, sorry about that. The, the, there isn't much happening in the Red Dwarf world. 
Welcome to the Parrot's Bar, the place you can drink a curry-flavored tequila slammer that burns on the way in and on the way out. Right, Parrot's Bar. Unfortunately, I don't have any long-winded funny stories of how six drunken people got to Estonia um, this week. Um, oh, thanks very much, um, the Denim Cowboy or Kevin O'Connor, for your um, for your email. It's very nice to get comments through, um, and thank you very much for that one. I have, however, just... I've got an issue uh, with buying... I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm, I'm quite a big gamer. I've got the Xbox, I've got the Wii, I've got the PS3, and all the handhelds. I seem to enjoy buying games more than I do actually playing them, <laughs> <laughs> which seems to be an issue recently. Um, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's like a couple of weekends ago, I bought, I don't know if you read my blog post, it's um, the Eye of Judgment, which is kind of a card trading game, which I bought, and then I ended up buying all the cards for it because I, I, I felt this need to own every single card for it. So something that initially started at 30 quid uh, then cost me nearly 100 quid for that. Easy. Well, it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Yeah, just like Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, <laughs> but you, you've got like um, the PlayStation webcam that um, that shines on it. And you put your cards in front of it, and then it animates them on the screen. It's really cool. Um, so, so we did that. And we, um, at the same time, I bought Ghostbusters, uh, get the video game, which is absolutely fantastic. But then I stopped playing that and bought myself Riddick, um, and started playing that. I've also been playing on the iPod Touch, loads of games on that. And just before I came to record tonight, I've ordered another four games. <laughs> What's is Riddick a carry on of the Chronicles of Riddick and? Pitch black and that. Um, yes. Escape from Butcher Bay. Well, Escape from Butcher Bay, you remember it back in 2001, I think? Yes. Um, what they've done on the Xbox or the on the PS3 is they've re... Um, they've re-textured it all. Uh, so what the, the Escape from Dark Athena, they've released that. And also you get the entire Butcher's Bay as well. So you get two whole games on the disc. Oh, I like that game. That was a yeah. good game. Well, the second one is identical. Um, I played the first half an hour on both of them, and it was identical. It was sneak up here, crawl through here, and all the rest of it. So identical game, same control, same everything. So I am really looking forward to that. But it, it's it's almost like I've got an issue. It's it's like I'll play a game for about an afternoon, a night, whatever. Um, is it, while I'm playing these, I'm also playing like The Sims. Um, this uh, Sorry, it's like a guilty pleasure. I'm also playing The Sims 3. Um, I've just... I've just had turn up today Warcraft 3, the real-time strategy, which I'm going to get round to playing at some point. And I also felt that if I was ordering Warcraft 3, that I needed the add on the Frozen Thrones, which that's also turned up. <laughs> <laughs> but my piece de resistance, the best thing I've just bought tonight is, do you know um, Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare? Yeah. Uh, uh, Modern Warfare 2 is coming out in November, uh, which I pre-ordered tonight um, from HMV. If if you order the prestige edition granted this is just a game okay <laughs> but if you order the prestige edition it's 120 pounds don't swear don't swear okay but what you get in the box check this okay you get the game you get loads of bump you know pretty just a disc turns up through your door. <laughs> yeah, I know. But basically, you get the game and you get loads of pretty stuff in there. You get um, all the um, artwork. You can see the levels being created and loads of bump. However, what you also get in there is working night vision goggles. You're having a giraffe. 
No. For £120, you get working night vision goggles. Um, the same that you would wear uh, virtually in the game, but they work, actually work. Have you tried these around the, the streets yet? Well, no, because it, it, it's not released until um, until November. So when it basically when when it comes when it turns up in November, it's going to be dark at like four o'clock. I'm going to spend my nights running around the <laughs> estate with night vision goggles on. I cannot yeah. wait. So we're we'll spotting kids with little green dots on the faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, if you think how many kids are going to get these night vision goggles, because there, there will be loads of kids that get these prestige edition. I mean, it's not far off Christmas. So can you imagine Christmas Day night? All you're going to see, you can look out the window. It's going to be like, um, remember that Doctor Who where they were all walking around in gas masks? It's going to be the same, <laughs> but they're going to be out there in night vision goggles. It's going to be messed up. <laughs> Yeah, and all neighbours are looking out windows in the orange glow of night, thinking, what are them silly buggers doing? (laughs) (laughs) You can can see. see. (laughs) They'll think it's like an invasion or something. (laughs) But yeah, um, I I, I saw it and I thought, I need that in my life. Is that for the 360? Um, 360 or PS3. I've ordered mine on the ps3 just because i've ordered a handful of games on the xbox i thought i'd split them over the two podcast of the week even though anthony's sunning himself or well going by this week's weather is probably getting soaked somewhere um <laughs> on some coastal resort in the uk with his family he was kind enough to record us his podcast of the week hello Sorry I can't be there this week. If you hadn't noticed, it's Anthony, and I've been missing. I've upset Darren. He's quite the dictator. Now, I'll tell you now, because he don't, he won't listen to this, he'll just insert it. Every time somebody's been missing, every time Andy's not been there or Nick's not been there for one of these scutter casts, um, it basically means one of us has upset Darren. He bans us. He sends us on uh, punishment detail. Uh, I've been out painting the good ship scutter cast. Um, so anyway that secret's now out uh, just to let you know the sort of guy he is the sort of dictator he is um, podcast of the week this week uh, I'm going for one that has been um, started by Scott and Elton from the apotheosis of a bombast uh, which was a podcast of a week a few weeks ago um, basically Scott and Elton they are online friends of ours we um we get on well with them, we Twitter them regular, we're in the same forums, a couple of places. Uh, really, really good guys. If you've checked out Apotheosis of a Bombast, you know the sort of guys they are. Now, they are big fans of Lost. Um, if you are a fan of Lost, you will know that we're coming up to the final season. Um, still a few months to go. Uh, but I don't know about yourselves, I really have got a memory like a cheese sandwich. Um, it it's like a sieve um, and there's so much I've forgotten when it comes to Lost now Scott and Elton um, they they work on a few Lost forums and listen to lots of Lost podcasts and they, they really are geared up up to speed on it uh, what they're doing is um, doing a podcast called Rethinking Lost basically Rethinking Lost is as it says they're going back over everything uh, if it's already been broadcast on TV it's fair game so make sure you've caught up with all episodes before you um, listen to it. Uh, basically, they're going to go through um, things that uh, you know, questions that we might still have, things that we need, you know, before we go into the final season. Uh, anything they think won't be covered, any any sort of uh, loose, you know, loose ends that um, won't get tied up, what they think will get tied up, uh, theories, all sorts of stuff like that. 
and um yeah it's to me it's just what i need just to bring myself back up to speed because i always have a hard time you know i sit there watching the episode and i think um well hang on he's so so oh yeah i remember now you know i remember that happening now and it it does sort of ruin it for me it's the only problem with a program like lost as great as it is it's actually um getting round to remembering what's happened before this so much goes off it's actually just remembering what what has already happened um so yeah i really really am grateful to the guys for starting this podcast it's just what i need uh, i had made plans to revisit other lost podcasts and there's hours and hours and hours of stuff which to be honest with you is only really relevant once you've just watched the latest episode you know so not necessarily relevant now um so yeah this is just a good chance to recap get caught up make sure you go into the final season and it'll make it so much better for you it's rethinking lost available on itunes um if it's another pod it's another pod bean one so if you go to um, no www it's just it's just rethinkinglost.podbean.com. Uh, thank you, and hopefully I'll speak to you in a fortnight, um, as long as I don't manage to upset Darren again. Bye! Well, that's it for this week. Um, hope it hasn't been too northern for you, with uh, three West Yorkshire accents. Over to you, Nick, to lead us out. Right, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with the episode called Backwards. Yep, See you looking later. forward to that. It's goodbye. Yeah.